Today's topic is cannabis DUI. Prosecutors across the entire country have an extremely hard time proving cannabis DUIs because the science just is not there yet. With alcohol DUIs, we have studies that suggest certain levels of alcohol, 0.08 in most states, and actually I think in all states, equals driving impairment. Whereas with cannabis, we don't have a limit that tells us when someone is or is not impaired for the purposes of driving. You've seen some states um, come up with basically arbitrary limits of 2.5 nanograms, 5 nanograms. These limits are completely arbitrary. There is no science to actually support that those amounts equate to driving impairment. And that's what makes cannabis DUI so hard to prove for prosecutors in California and in other states for that matter. Now, what makes their life a little easier as far as proving that someone is guilty at trial is if you have a really, really bad driving pattern or the the person's statements. So in other words, if someone tells the officer that I feel high or that I am high, you're going to have a harder time arguing at trial that the person was not under the influence and impaired by the cannabis that, you know, they admitted to smoking. The other issue that the DA runs into at trial with these cases is that the the blood results that you get back, at least in California, give you three results. Only one of which, the, the Delta 9 result, actually tells you if there was any psychoactive effect on the person that was, you know, that was subject to the blood test. The problem is, is that like alcohol, someone who smokes every day, as opposed to someone who is smoking for the first time, they're going to have different tolerances and the amount that they admit to smoking to is going to have a certain, you know, a different effect on their ability to drive. So it's a combination between not having studies to support what constitutes impairment at what levels and the fact that you know, we have these blood tests that only tell us so much. As we know, THC is fat soluble. It stays in your system for upwards of a month, even longer sometimes. The blood tests only tell us so much. I've heard rumblings about their, um, that they're developing field sobriety tests or even breathalyzers to tell you what the, um, the person's level of THC or Delta 9 THC is in their system at that same time. The problem is, is that the field sobriety tests and the breathalyzer, you, you run into the same problem. First of all, THC stays in the system. How do you know that you're getting the Delta 9 results? I haven't looked too deeply into it, but I would imagine if they're testing for anything, it's got to be the Delta 9 results. Beyond that, you still run into the same problem of tolerance. If you're dealing with someone who smokes every day and has smoked every day for the past 10 years, you can't treat that person the same way as someone who smoked for the first time. And then you also go down the rabbit hole of how long before you know the person drove did they actually smoke. As we know, the effects of cannabis do not last that long and it can be affected by any number of factors beyond tolerance, which includes the mode by which you, you ingest it. As we know, we can eat it as well as smoke it. So 
long story short, there's a reason why a lot of counties aren't even prosecuting these cases. The science is just not there yet to ethically, in my opinion, prosecute someone for a cannabis DUI unless they have other things in their system like alcohol or other drugs or unless, you know, it's a situation where there was poor driving or someone, as far as the person driving, actually made an admission to feeling stoned or high at the scene. If you have any questions about DUI or anything else cannabis-related, follow my Instagram at Cocot Law, K-O-C-O-T-L-A-W. Thank you.